Coming up this week on the Course of Life podcast, our front nine includes a groundbreaking change to the golf ball that could affect everybody out there, plus the return of Tiger Woods at the Hero and a whole lot more in the world of golf, football, and we do it all with a special guest co-host filling in for Mike as well. Plus, this week's featured guest is Ed Amatis. He's a veteran that started a golf and game simulator concept right here in Austin, Texas called Pin Seekers. I met him and got the full experience. We sat down with him and talked about his life and his career and what he's doing at Pin Seekers as well. And when we always end with food, we're talking wing sauces, rubs, and a wild date night experience courtesy of our co-host. All that coming your way. Thanks to our friends at Desert Fox Golf. You know we love Desert Fox Golf because they're great for golf events of any size. So if you're thinking about starting a golf event or you plan a golf event or you have a golf event that you're playing in where you want really cool swag bag gear for your participants, look no further than Desert Fox Golf. They make the phone caddy, the swing egg tumblers, the cigar holders, pretty much all those little accessories that you're trying to add to your golf goodie bag. And while we're on the topic, it is holiday shopping season, so be sure to check out their website because all these make really great stocking stuffers, great holiday gifts, and like I mentioned, maybe for that 2024 golf event down the line, if you have an event, be sure to send us the information. Just send us a DM at COL Podcast on Instagram with the event info, and we'll take it from there. You could be getting a cash referral just for sending us the event information that you're playing in. That's right, Desert Fox Golf, that giving this holiday season. Thanks to our friends at Desert Fox Golf. and welcome to the course of life we are proud to be presented by our friends at desert fox golf and the live take app i'm alex and i'm joined by this week's special guest co-host filling in for michael it's our friend of the show elizabeth diane beath joining us elizabeth how you doing today great to have you on of course doing well how are you I'm doing very well. I appreciate you filling in, taking the time. You've been on the show a few times, so you know what it's like to be on the show. Uh, you're talking all things Colorado, golf travel, live in PGA Tour. We, we've been through it all, but give our audience a little bit of taste of, of your golf and content background and, and how we, we met as well. Yeah, so um, I have been a quote-unquote golf influencer um, for about six years now. So I really don't consider myself the average influencer because I have a full-time job as well as um, I am just really golf obsessed. So I live in Colorado, as you mentioned. I travel to other places, especially when it's snowy here, to golf. Um, I have been highlighting the top 100 courses and traveling to as many of those as I can get in in a year Um, and then golfing every single state. Absolutely. Yeah. You highlight the best courses in the world. Um, she's a fantastic follow. Be sure to search up Elizabeth Diane uh, on Instagram and the socials as well, too, because she's always checking off those bucket list courses and we love having her on. So let's get right into it. Let's talk a little golf as it pertains to what's gone on this past week. And you and I were talking about it all week. You know, like it, there can be a million things going on in the world of golf and we'll get to some other headlines. But the bottom line is when Tiger Woods is back teeing it up again, I, I feel like we've done this a hundred times with his returns now it just seemingly never gets old uh how did it feel just to see tiger and the sunday red and have him back on golf playing competitively all week yeah i absolutely love it um i am a huge fan of tigers as you know but 
really seeing that Sunday red today uh, just brought back chills. I was um, really excited to see him play as well as I'm really excited for his uh, events that he's already said that he will be playing in uh, specifically the masters, because I have an opportunity to see him play golf again at Augusta. Absolutely. Right. I know we're all looking at that. And the crazy thing is that he said, I mean, he looked decent overall for those who weren't watching. He finished even par for the entire week. So he was kind of down towards the bottom of the leaderboard, but he held up nicely in terms of 72 holes. And that's kind of what we were watching is like, not necessarily like how mm-hmm. he's playing. Like, can he just like walk and make it through a tournament and four rounds in a row? And he seemed to do that well, but you mentioned the masters and like, he was like getting really aggressive. Did you see him saying that he's trying to play like maybe one term in a month next year? How about that for a headline? I did, which I am super excited about. And that just makes me know that he is confident in where his body is at from a recovery standpoint. I, I do think his performance this week was a test, as you mentioned, for us to see if he can play 72 holes of golf, but also just from where he is at in his playing um, abilities. And I do think that, you know, he's he's a little rusty. I will say that, um, yep. even though I hate calling him rusty because um, that just seems like, you know, a sin to say that. I think he'd admit uh, to it's OK. I think he would, too. Um, but I, I do. It really does excite me because he has got some really uh, a motivation that I have not seen since. 2019 and we all know what happened 2019 in the masters Mm. so i really feel like he has the drive he's got the motivation and if he's saying that he's going to commit to one tournament a month he knows that he can do it whether from a mental and a physical standpoint which is great to hear it sounded so crazy a few months ago, but you just put that thought in my head that he could repeat what he did in 2019 just the idea that that's even possible it is wild with what he's been through in the last couple of years of his life. So yeah, that was really awesome to see. It's awesome to have Tiger back and we're going to get a little more of it. He's going to play uh, with the father, son, Charlie in a couple of weeks. So good to see him back in the, uh, the regular rotation at the hero for sure. Scotty Scheffler won that in, in commanding fashion as well. Uh, one big news piece in the world of golf that I wanted to get you, which, which I'm sure you heard you're, you're on golf, social media. You see what the buzz is like on Twitter and Instagram. Everyone is freaking out about this golf ball rollback announcement where essentially what they're looking to do in in layman's terms, for those who don't know, is the golf bodies and the powers that be are essentially going to calm down and and make the golf ball go less further in in, in somewhat of an effort to bring, you know, classic courses and, and, and distance back in the game. What do you think about this whole movement that we're seeing come to the forefront this week about the golf ball potentially being rolled back, not only just for pros, but for everyone out there? Yeah. So I'll be honest, I'm not a fan. And, and here's yeah. why. I really feel like the rules that they put in place in 2019, right before COVID happened, really were focused on growing the game. And I feel like this ruling is the complete reverse of that. And it's really going, I think, to discourage possibly beginner golfers, um, discourage all of us out there that are either weekend or weekday warriors, and we're trying to go out and enjoy a round or competitively play, whether that's at an amateur level or at a professional level. And I feel like it is making the game of golf harder. So that is one thing that I do think is going to um, not grow the game as much. And yes, the game has exploded specifically with COVID. And we've got a lot of new players um, out there that have only been playing for, say, two years, three years. 
And I, I do think that this is going to discourage those players that picked it up as a pastime during that COVID season to continue to play golf or even think about getting to a point where they might be throwing their hat into a ring for a pro-am or um, a competitive um, you know, charity event. So I, I do think it is going against growing the game. But I, from a, the other viewpoint or the other side of the house, from a viewpoint standpoint, I really understand that there are some classic courses that this would allow them to be back in play for majors. Um, I am a huge proponent of that. I absolutely love having those classic courses where history has been made come back into the fold, um, specifically at the professional level. But that's where I think we have to think creatively and outside of the box with these classes courses right. to say, is there something else we can do to bring those courses to a place where we could have a major championship at them, but not penalize the amateur golfer or the professional golfer that has been really working towards that speed, working towards that distance um, in the game of golf. Yeah, specifically, you know, you mentioned those classic courses and you're right, like the idea that, you know, maybe if we're rolling back the ball for a certain subset of professional golfers to showcase these amazing events and see the best in the world play on classic tracks, I get what they're going for. But it just feels like kind of an unnecessary shot at us, the amateur golfer out there. Like we're Mm -hmm. we're just trying to poke the ball out there 220 yards, maybe a little bit further on a good day. You know, it's like we we need every single yard we can get out there to sort of think the idea that my flimsy little 220 yard drive it might only go 205 or 210 with the new ball it just hurts playability level like you mentioned we're all about playability and and opening it up to everyone so that's daunting to me it just it just kind of scares me the one joke i did make with you which you appreciate is i I think it's time to start stockpiling all those pro v1s that you found at the course because those those pre-rollback balls might be worth a lot of money in a few years i guess Seriously, they might be. They might be antiques or uh, an artifact or something (laughs) where, you know, you might want to, if you're not in a competition and you don't have to use a regulation golf ball, um, you know, and you're not posting the round, if you really want to outdrive your buddy, maybe you pull one out of the bag um, on the tee box. So I think so. um, (laughs) I'm charging $20 a pop for those Pro V1s now, I think, once this, this rule goes into effect. How's that sound? And you you would probably make it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going to be a funny story to follow. I mean, again, just the weird part about how them saying no. Not only is this going to affect pro golfers, this is going to affect public golfers and just people out there and anyone that plays the game. So we'll see if it really does get rolled back for everyone. It's going to be a interesting storyline to follow. One other interesting storyline that's always interesting to follow because you and I have had conversations about this before is obviously the divide in the game with the PJ Tour and Live that maybe seem somewhat or seem to be coming together. There's an agreement that really just has fizzled out. We don't quite know where that stands, but something interesting happened in that Joaquin Neiman, a live tour golfer, actually got a rare exemption, which are starting to be given out in spots. And he took advantage by winning the Australian Open down under, which is a huge win for his world ranking and his credentials. Uh, I'm curious, um, what did you think about just that storyline of him getting the exemption? Is that something you think we'll see more of here in the coming months as these two leagues try and exist together right now? Yeah, I I think we will. And I think we will because we're kind of in a, a limbo with that agreement. Um, and as you mentioned, it kind of fizzled out. So because there's this unknown of where these two leagues are going, even though they're under the same body now, um, I really do feel like we're going to see those exemptions happen more often. 
especially this year. I think they're going to dip yeah. their toe into them slowly, but I do think that we're going to see it. Um, it will be interesting to see how that plays from a major standpoint, um, just because of that where, where these players were before they joined Live and where they are now. Um, I feel like there's going to be a lot of controversy in regards to depending on who the player is and what the exemption is for, whether or not it's going to be re- well received or not. Yeah, it could be very personal. I feel like there's just like yes. some live guys that kind of get a little bit of a pass. I think Joaquin Neiman actually might be one of those. You know, he's not really kind of living in the controversy. But some other guys, you can name any name you want, are, are a lot more controversial and, and, and it might not be as well received. You're right about that. That's a little look at what's going on in the world of golf right now uh, as, as pertains to our Course of Life content. Uh, I mentioned that we've got a, a fun concept brand uh, being focused with today's guest interview in Edamatis. Uh, this week coming up on the YouTube channel, we've got my trip to a golf simulator brand. That's right, Pin Seekers. We played all 18 holes at TPC Sawgrass, me and my buddy Anthony. Uh, li- Elizabeth, I'm curious I know you're big on the simulators. You've seen a lot of different simulator concepts. What's the coolest simulator like course or experience or venue that, that you've been to recently? Yeah. So uh, from a local standpoint, I hang out at uh, Beard Dance Golf Club. It is a local club in Larkspur. They have a TrackMan simulator. They've actually converted an entire room into that TrackMan simulator. So there's TVs. Um, and the experience is really cool because they host a winter hibernation league. Uh, and, and for us in Colorado, where the snow, unfortunately, is falling, uh, oh we boy. can't go out and play. So it's a g- great way to actually be able to play around every week, um, each month, and make sure that you're playing different courses at different levels. So they, they put together a... Um, specific type of course. So we'll play everything at elevation. So it'll be Colorado, Utah, Montana courses. Um, then they'll do all major courses. So it's really cool. And they um, coordinate that with, um, of course, the their members and their non-members. And it's just really awesome because I know that I will continue to keep my game outside of the feel of my wedges. Um, but I will be able to keep my game going during the winter time. So that's really been the best experience from a simulator standpoint that I've had. Um, the course that I absolutely love playing um, outside of Bear Dance, they're actually in the TrackMan system. So you can play the course there, which is that's great. That's awesome. I love that. But outside of that, I love playing Pebble. Um, and the reason I love playing it on a simulator is because it just takes me back there. I've been there multiple times. I think it's four times. I've walked the course. I've seen um, tournaments there. Like I said, I've golfed it myself. And I know, I feel like I know that course inside and out. And just playing it from a simulator standpoint, the great thing is that I can say, oh, this is what this green does. It slopes this way. It slopes that way. And it is pretty true on the simulator. So it's great knowledge. And it just puts me back in a very happy place because I love golfing pebble. It's so funny when you go into these simulator concepts because you kind of know inherently you're hitting into a screen and, and that part feels artificial. But when you actually play the full round and you collect the score and then you like walk outside into the real world, it really does feel like you teleported yourself to that course. So it, it's very unique what these concepts are able to do. And uh, that's a great example. I mean, playing Pebble and, and making it feel like it's the real thing. There's not much better indeed.
Um, as for this week in golf, it's the Grant Thornton shootout. Going to always be cool to see LPGA and PGA players uh, team up. So that'll be a fun event to check out on the Golf Channel all week. But let's do it and let's just go ahead and get right into this week's guest. Like I mentioned, we love these simulator concepts for golfers. This one is actually cool in that they go beyond golf. They've got all sorts of games and fun for all ages from baseball to dodgeball and soccer and bowling and everything else. And it is the brainchild of Ed Amatis, a friend of mine here in Austin, who is going to join us in a moment. But first, it's brought to you by the Live Take app. That's right. The Live Take app is where sports debates are solved once and for all. You hear me and Michael on there every week debating all sorts of topics from the world of sports and pop culture and golf as well. We've got a new debate and we've got people voting all the time. You can let your voice be heard, get your take off, and most importantly, uh, see what the internet thinks. See what the people out there think about who's right and who's wrong challenge us check out our challenge every week on the live take app again live take app download today challenge us and let your take be heard All right, we're live at Pin Seekers Golf Lounge here in Austin, Texas. Next on the tee, we're recording at his place. It's a unique golf and game simulator experience. We're with the owner who has a fascinating backstory. It's Ed Amatis joining us here on the Course of Life. Ed, how are you doing today? Good, good. How are you doing today? No, it's great to be here. Thanks again for having me. I'm doing fantastic. It's always great to be back at Pin Seekers. I first came here last month, put together a video, which is on our YouTube now. But Pin Seekers, it's still young. Tell me a little bit about the timeline from the idea to finding the space to opening now? Uh, yeah, so this all started roughly about uh, Thanksgiving. So it was roughly about a year ago. A year ago, I went to a location where we had some simulators and uh, an idea just popped in my head is, you know, what happens instead of building a, a location where simulators are just for game improvement, what happens if you just build a, a location that it's like a lounge and then the average person can go in and, and enjoy all this, all the fun stuff that, you know, golf simulators has. So it started in, uh, January and then I, I got, was able to secure a loan in m March <laughs> and I found a space in March. And then I've been, I've been going there ever since, uh, working all summer long and had some delays here and there, but we opened up on, we had a grand opening on October the 1st. Yeah, this concept's fascinating, and it's a beautiful space. Uh, be sure to check out our socials and our YouTube so we can show it off on video. But um, tell us a little bit about your background. First off, I want to thank you for your service to the country. You've had a trans you. tra uh, fantastic background in your service to the country. But you also did uh, instruction on your own with the JROTC program here in Austin. What's that been like for you, having that experience, kind of teaching the, the next generation of servicemen and women as well? Uh, well, well, to, to be honest with you, the, the ROTC program isn't really to, for the next generation. of they're, they're, It's just a leadership leadership program. Okay. And we only have a, a small percentage of our kids that go in the military, but it's fantastic because, you know, I've had students, uh, I've been a high school teacher for 14 years, you know, after my 20 year career of it in, in the Marines. Uh, but it, it's, it's been great to see, you know, students go from a freshman, a young 13, 14 year old, and they mature and they graduate. And to this day, I still have contact with a lot of my former students who are almost 30 years old now. Very interesting. And in terms of the, the golf side of your life, how long, what's your history with golf and how long has golf been in your life? Uh, well, I actually started late uh, in golf. I, I, you know, when I first was growing up, I grew, I grew up in Baltimore City. Uh, so golf wasn't a, 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 you know, a thing that, that we had to worry about or I was concerned about. So right, I, didn't, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't start playing golf until I was probably like 27 years old. Um, 
And then once I once I once I started it, I fell in love. I, I was one of those guys that you know went to Walmart and got one of those starter sets of, of clubs. And, oh yeah, everyone does at one point. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but then within like two months later, I was going to Callaway and getting a whole tire set because you know you have to be as good as your your equipment, right? <laughs> That's when you know you got the bug is when you're spending an extraordinate amount of money on yes, golf equipment. You're yes, officially addicted yes, to the game. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, so then I started playing golf. Uh, and I loved it. Uh, and by that time, my kids, I had, I had three three uh, you know, young men now, but three boys. Uh, so then I started them when they were like four or five, six years old. And they've been playing their whole lives, which is fantastic. All right. So we have a lifetime of service, a lifetime of teaching as well. I'm very curious what the reaction was from everyone in your life when you first brought the Pin Seekers idea and concept to them. What were their first reactions? <laughs> well, at first they thought it was just another crazy idea that I had because, you know, I'm, I'm always one of these individuals that I always try to find, you know, the not necessarily the next best thing, but just something new because being in the military, I was always competitive, always doing something to advance, always doing something challenging. Right. And I'm not saying that ROTC wasn't challenging, but, you know, teaching the school year in, year out kind of gets uh, repetitive after a while. So then I, start, I started, you know, telling people about my idea. And, you know, at first I got, I got the support, like, okay, awesome. That's cool. People didn't really didn't think I was going to do it. But, you know, literally when, when I opened the doors and they seen that I was, you know, constructing, they were like, oh, oh crap. All right. He, he's not joking around, you know? So, you know, I, I'm at a point in my life where, you know, I'm, I'm done, you know, playing the what if, what if I would have done this? What if I would, you know, and, and, you know, life is too short to play. What if? That's why we're out here making this content, just getting in touch with everyone in this great game of golf that we love, because it, it truly does connect everyone. And, mm -hmm. and this business line specifically, the idea of the simulators and the simulator market, specifically for golfers, talk to me about the appeal to that and the idea of having an air-controlled, you know, indoor golf experience that they can rely on, you know, anytime, day or night. Well, I mean, of course, you know, everybody knows it's it's hard to match the same experience you, you, that you get on the outdoor on the course. You get the wind, you get the grass, but you know, we all know here in Texas, uh, the summers are getting crazy hot and the winters are getting even, you know, the extremes cold. are getting more extreme, yes, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so the time to play actual, you know, awesome golf is, is getting shorter and shorter. And now with daylight savings time, you know, a lot of people work till five o'clock and now the sun's going down by five 30. So now you're able to come in and play 18 holes of golf, but not only the same course that you do every single week, but you're able to play any single golf course around the world. Uh, you know, so what's, what's, you know, it would be awesome to say, Hey, but let's go, let's go and play sawgrass. Let's see if we can hit the Island green today uh, or whatever like that. So, so you have the, con you have the advantage of playing any single golf course. Uh, but then, like I said, you know, you're in an in indoor environment uh, where it's always, you know, 72 and sunny in here. It's not raining. It's not cold. It's not hot. It's, it's perfect in here. Uh, and, and once again, the technology that you get from the, the golf simulators, even if you're not trying to improve your game, you're going to automatically improve just because of the, the what you see with the technology and the feedback that it gives you. Because you can sit there and hit balls yep. all day long on the golf range, uh, but you don't know why you're hitting it this way or hitting it that way. Absolutely. Yeah, no, well said. I love the indoor and the outdoor experiences of the game, but this is going to be around all year. And I want to talk about the efficiency too. For people who have never been to a concept like this, explain how fast you can play a round of golf versus going out to an actual course. Yeah, the difference yeah. is, is so, stark. So, uh, you know, I mean, I've been out to a golf course on my own and, and played like 18 holes when it's been like 105 degrees and you're able to play like in two and a half hours. But here you're able to play, uh, you know, 18 holes of golf, taking your time and it'll take you about one person take about 45 minutes, 45 minutes to play, you know, Augusta would, is, is awesome. Uh, you know, take, I'll take two people roughly about an hour and a half or so. So, you know, so you just add 45 minutes or so. So if you bring a foursome in here, a foursome can play a, a round of golf in like three, three hours. And, you know, that's with nobody behind and nobody rushing you or anything like that and, 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 and having a great time. 
Nice. Tell me a little, uh, talk to our audience a little bit about the versatility of these mach machines. People don't realize that it's not just courses. You can play A-hole, practice, and then there's a variety of games outside of golf. Explain the idea of bringing more than golf to, to this concept and business oh, yes. specifically. So, so yes, because once again, the average golfer, or the average person doesn't know the, the, the advantage of the, the advantages of what, you know, the golf simulators have. So not only do we have, like I said, any single golf course around the world, but we also have a, uh, a simulator that has a multi-sport unit. Uh, so it has, so you're able to play uh, hockey. You were able to play baseball and soccer and foot golf and disc golf and bowling uh, and zombie dodgeball. And we, have, we even have a wild, wild west shooting game. Uh, so we zombie have, dodgeball. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah. So, so, so we have a little bit of everything. So, like I said, unlike a, a normal golf course, we just go and, and, and whack at balls here. If, if you don't want to play golf, we have these other things. But we also got a, a, a brand new ping pong table here uh, that, that, that you know, anybody can go down if you want to challenge me. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, if you're in Central Texas, again, Pin Seekers Golf Lounge. But speaking just in general to this entire boom and how golf and, and simulator concepts are getting people in the game, I love what you're doing here because you're right. There are kids who may just be playing soccer that find golf here for the first time through playing a soccer game here or someone who likes to bowl who may come here to bowl and decide to pick up a club. Um, tell me a little bit about, you know, who you see come in here and, and what you enjoy about the different customer base you've seen at Pin Seekers. Um, well, we're, we have a little bit for everybody, whether you are a brand new golfer, just one to learn the game, which I think this is a phenomenal place to come because it's a non intimidating place. You're in your own little bay. You don't have to worry about other golfers trying to rush you. You can learn the game on your own pace uh, and is a fantastic, you know, for beginner golfers. But then also for the seasoned golfer, if you just want to come and, you know, play different holes or once again, get the get the information to improve your game, to improve your swing. You know, we have all that. So if you want to get any single, you know, number that you need to improve your game, but even if you want to see a very close up of your club head coming through and hitting the ball, the impact of the ball, uh, you can, you, you know, we have that for you. Very well said indeed. Again, we're here at Pin Seekers Golf Lounge, Austin, Texas, um, here with Ed Amadas, the owner. Let's get into some fun questions now. You mentioned the variety of games and a concept like this. What's like the most surprisingly fun random game that, that you have here at Pin Seekers? Uh, I think uh, a lot of people like uh, the zombie dodgeball, to be honest <laughs> with you. They, they love, they love, you know, maybe. They so these zombies, where are they coming from every direction? Coming, What's yeah, going on here? Yeah, you have, you have pirates, you have ghosts, you have all kinds of stuff that they're on the screen. And I think people just like to get the aggression out and, and throw the balls at the screen that in, in foot golf foot golf has been very popular it has you know, like a, yeah. a, a lot of people come in here and play foot golf because they're surprised that they can even though you don't like golf you can still play golf with a soccer ball yeah and, and kick a soccer ball you know up, up on, on the screen and play a whole entire 18 holes and it's, it's pretty badass yeah it's a golf lounge but this is clearly for anyone if you're listening out there um let's hear um tell me the most impressive shot you've seen on the simulators golf wise have you have you seen an amazing hole out or ace uh, or anything I, like that we almost had a hole in one we almost had a hole in one <sighs> i want to be uh, the first then yeah, no, yeah no, no, no. No, there's nobody <laughs> has hit a hole in one yet but we were they were they were playing uh, uh, closest to the pin on number seven on Pebble Beach. Uh, yeah, so we were Classical. playing. Yeah, we were playing number seven on Pebble Beach, and I think somebody just hit, hit it just a couple inches from from a hole in one. So that was pretty cool. All right, this is the sensitive subject now. I've told you before, I'm a Patriots fan. Things aren't going well for me, but things are going a little bit better for you as a Kansas City Chiefs fan. You got the championship last year. People are listening to this a little bit after Thanksgiving, so we're in that stretch run where the Chiefs are about to make that run. Do you think they have another one in them? 
Uh, I hope so. I, you know, being a true Chiefs fan, and I'm not like one of these Chiefs fans that came around like, you know, like last week. No, I've been a Chiefs fan for like 30 years. Okay, so you remember Trent Green and all those horrible eras? I remember, okay, I remember yeah. when Joe Montana went 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 to the Kansas City. Okay, you're, yep, you dated yourself <laughs> successfully yes, there. <laughs> yes. So, um, but yeah, like, like I said, so I, I've been with them when they were 2-14, and 14, so we love this run, you know, coming up. But right now, the, the offense is kind of like not as 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 smooth as we want it to be. Right. But there are defenses stepping up, you know, in the last several years has been opposite. We've had an awesome offense and our defense has, has sucked. Now it's turned around a little bit, but when you have Patrick Mahomes on your team and you know, anybody can win. I said that for 20 years with Tom Brady is like, when you got Tom Brady on your team, <laughs> you can make magic happen. It feels like you guys are falling into that role right yeah, now. Yeah. Obviously since you're a Chiefs fan and you probably have no care about this at all, but I need your 30 second commentary on the biggest story in the Kansas city chiefs world, which is Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Uh, you think that that relationship's going to go the distance? Yeah, I, I think so. I was pretty surprised when it came out to be honest with you, but, but I like hearing people say that she made him famous, that, that Taylor Swift <laughs> yes. made Travis Kelsey famous, which he was already famous. He's a famous, he was a, he's a hall of fame football player you know uh but it's great to see that other other people are getting involved into football and seeing all these uh, young ladies and and things like that knowing what trying to know what football is <laughs> indeed it's funny to say great storyline uh we finished with our 19th hole question here at pen seeker so it's a really easy one you got beers on tap here what's the go-to uh snack and, and drink order here at pen seekers uh for snacks we, we actually have you know it's, it's it's up in the air between our, our chicken strips and our taquitos uh, but our, our go to go, our go drink is our electric jellyfish. Everybody loves the, you know, our electric jellyfish on draft. Uh, so they come in here and they, they suck it up. I love it. Beer, golf, sports simulators, not much more you could ask for. Again, thanks for introducing us to the concept and everything you're doing here and, uh, hit them straight out there. Ed. Right, thank you very much. All right. Great chat there with Ed. Elizabeth, I know you appreciate veterans like Ed living out their dream post-service and making golf and games like that accessible for everyone. You've done a lot of work in the veteran community as well. So I know that story really resonates with you. It does for sure. And I'm a full believer in golf can save lives and specifically veterans lives. So I know um, secondhand, not firsthand, but I know secondhand um, what it can be like going from being in from a military service standpoint to getting out. And there's a lot that golf provides that really mimics um, time and service. It's a mental challenge. It's a competition. You can compete with the game of golf. Um, you really have a network, whether that is a competitive network or just a network of um, individuals that are like-minded from a golf standpoint. So Golf is a, is a huge way for our veterans to be able to decompress, build that network, have a competition, um, and have that competitive drive if they would like it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I've seen and worked with many organizations that allow veterans to get into the game of golf or support them in the game of golf. And it's just absolutely awesome. Absolutely. Now, really great to hear and awesome to connect with Ed. We'll look forward to future visits and content from Pin Seekers. Again, this Friday, the YouTube video will drop from my visit in 18 at TPC Sawgrass there. Thanks again to Ed for joining. Let's get to our back nine now. We're going to talk a little bit of football with Elizabeth. Uh, Elizabeth, I don't know how much. I know you watch all things Colorado when it comes to sports, but college football, obviously the big news that dropped this weekend was the announcement of the final four teams going into the college football playoffs. So it's going to be Number one, Michigan against number four, Alabama. Number two, Washington against number three, Texas. My Longhorns here in Austin made it into the playoff. 
Um, any any thoughts or predictions for for what you see there from those four teams? Who, who do you like to maybe win the national championship out of those four teams? Yeah, so from a national championship standpoint, um, I, I really do love Texas. Uh, I'll be honest. Um, I think that that would be a, a kind of a Cinderella story um, in regards to things. I'm I'm not rooting heavily for Alabama, and the reason I'm not rooting heavily from Alabama usually I do um, is just because of the way that this happened. I really do feel like Florida State really got robbed. Um, just because they they have an undefeated season, and from a vote standpoint, it just did not make sense to have um, BMO move forward and not Florida State. Yeah, I know. There's so many angles to like the way they pick the four teams because it's like, do you do you want the best four teams, or or do you want the four teams that are the most deserving? Florida State mm-hmm. didn't really do a lot to take themselves away. They just they really lost their star quarterback, and they might not look as good in recent weeks. And unfortunately, that did the men, but fortunately we don't have to have that debate anymore. This is the last 14 playoff. Right. There'll be 12 every year from here on out. Uh, so Florida state's going to have to live in agony for one season, but I'm, I'm sure they'll probably be back next year. I agree. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the one other big one this weekend though, let's get a, uh, veteran influencer perspective on army navy this is a really cool game i already wrote the article on runyourpool.com this week previewing the army navy rivalry the tradition behind the game i know you appreciate this game uh, amongst all the others in the season it just kind of holds a special place for for not only college football fans but really people in this country totally agree um so the thing that i am most pumped about is not actually the game um, it is the pregame video that CBS does every year. Um, mm. If you have not watched one before, you really need to go online and um, go on YouTube and watch it. Um, it. It gives me chills every single year that they put it out. Um, it shows you how much from an honor standpoint, how much from a sacrifice standpoint, um, these men and women go through um, and and how much honor they have actually wearing Army or Navy on their chest. Um, so that is that is something that is so cool and the thing I'm looking forward to the most. And I do have to do a shout out of Go Army because that's who I'm rooting for. There it is. Go Army beat Navy, she says. We're going with the Black Knights, I guess. They are the favorites. Uh, the game is not always most exciting, so you're right. I think the pregame is the best part. The march on the field, flyover, everything that happens with the pregame video and production awesome watch. Army Navy Saturday afternoon. It's the only game on the slate, so be sure to enjoy that one out there. Let's do a quick NFL note. It just gets sadder and sadder for me every week. There's really not much to say about the Patriots. We lost again. We, we didn't score again. Um, but I wanted to check in quickly on on your Denver Broncos. I know you rep the Colorado sports franchises. The Broncos got off to a pretty poor start, but they, they've had a little bit of life. I don't know. What, what, how did they look on Sunday? They, it looks like they came up a little bit short in Houston. Oh, yeah, they did come up short. And I honestly feel like it's our defense. So our defense was not playing up until the whistle. Um, They were thinking plays were dead and they were not, which really hurt us. Um, And so I I feel like that was our weakness, unfortunately. Yes, they got a little bit of life back in them towards the end, but I don't think it was enough. As you can see from a score standpoint, it wasn't. Um, it's just, it wasn't enough to keep them going and to motivate them. And I feel like we've kind of had some ups and downs this season. So it's really getting our defense to play their game and to focus on that, that I think is going to bring us future wins. What's like the general, like Denver area vibe on Russell Wilson. I know last season was pretty much an utter failure. 
it started off kind of the same way, but there's been a little bit life in recent week. Are, are we like, are you guys kind of sold on keeping him long-term or are we kind of like already trying to move him out the door? Like what's the vibe out there? Yeah. So the vibe is very mixed. It's you've got folks that are like, Hey, we're winning now. It's fine. Let's just keep him. And then you have folks where, you know, we're not going to forget the past. Last year was awful. Yeah. So I, I feel like it's very mixed. We are not a united front at all from a Broncos fan base. <laughs> um, and I think that's one thing that we could agree upon last year was that we were struggling and that's where our weakness was. And now it's very much like, well, we're not sure. Um, so yeah, it's very mixed. Okay. All right. Well, we'll watch them on the AFC playoff race. They're always kind of in it for a bit. So we'll see how the rest of the season plays out for your Broncos. Uh, until then, we'll always end with food. It's our food segment to end every course of life podcast. And uh, I had to bring something to my attention from my my watch party. I went and watched the Longhorns win last Saturday. Went to the Armadillo Den here in Austin. And I had some amazing wings, Elizabeth. I'm a big chicken wing guy. I get wings pretty much any food truck or bar scenario I can. I would I would give these maybe a 9.2. They were garlic ranch parmesan wings. It was a like a dry Ooh. rub seasoning. Um, what are your thoughts on that flavor? And what are your what are typically your favorite wing sauce or rub flavors that you like to go for? Yes, I absolutely love that flavor. Um, so I might need to make a trip down there to try these, especially if it's that high on your ranking. It was impressive. Um, I yeah. really, really, uh, I call myself a wing snob because I've had some amazing wings and then I've had wings where I'm like, this is awful. And I really judge a restaurant by their wings. Um, it has to be like crispy on the outside, but not too crispy. And it, it's got to be like the sauce, to your point, it has to be dry rub. I also love like saucy sauces. Um, so I, I love both. Um, garlic is one of my favorite rubs and I absolutely love, 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 um, just the normal Buffalo barbecue sauce. Mm, um, so yeah, I'm pretty, pretty basic in regards to that. Yeah, that little honey barbecue might go well as well. But yeah, those garlic ranch parmesan, they were they were kicking for sure. Um, <clears throat> all right, I got to hear about this this wild date night experience that you got out there in Colorado. Is it, what is this? You said is a date night in a church? You need to explain this to the people out there. Yes, so it's called uh, Scalepi's, and it is in an old Catholic church. So this church has been around forever. Um, I think it goes back to the 1920s, um, if I'm remembering correctly. And they have converted it into an Italian restaurant. The one thing that they kept is the confessional booth. So you can actually (laughs) have a date night across from your date in the confessional booth. And they have the, um, the actual curtains that you can close. And it feels like you are in the confessional booth because really you are. And um, it's a really cool experience. It's an awesome date night. The food there is amazing. They have amazing Italian food. But it is one way um, to really get to know your date and to be able to like force them to open up because you're sitting in the confessional booth. And um, yes, it, it's a great way to, to learn um, and maybe kind of force some conversations to happen. So it's it's an awesome experience. And hey, listen, amazing. there's a lot of awkward first dates out there that, that might make it unawkward if we just get right to the chase. We're, we're in a confessional. We just got to let it all out right now, right? Right. And you want to make sure that you're telling the truth in a confessional booth because you know, that karma will come back and haunt you forever if you don't. They're watching over you there at date night. <laughs> yes, they are for sure. What's that place called again? It's called Scalepi's. 
Kleppies. Okay, very cool. Adding it to the yes. list for the Denver trip, uh, which I'm going to do soon. We'll connect and play golf when that happens. Um, but Elizabeth, I thank you so much for hopping on. Before we go, be sure to tell everyone where they can follow along and check out more of your content. Yeah, of course. So you can find me on all socials um, under Elizabeth Diane Veith, and it's um, Elizabeth underscore Diane 22. Awesome. Elizabeth Diane Veith joining us again. Thank you for being the co-host this week. And thank you to everyone for listening and tune in. Be sure to like and subscribe right now and we'll see you next week. Mm